0: Oh, and welcome to reality bites 134 now with more news for the week of march 10th 2015 this is a cure studios production we are your hosts slothin
1: and Lauren Law, bringing you an actual show after our seemingly absences every other week
0: If you'd like to sponsor this or any other show made at Cure Studios, you can click on the donation button found at the top of the Cure Studios page. Again, thank you for sponsoring our show. Now for everyone's favorite section of the show, a bit of banter. (laughs) Haha, I had to write it in properly, otherwise you'd just repeat it. Yeah, he wrote it differently. I'm sad. So tell us, uh, Rofaxen, what have you been up to for the past week?
1: Actually, it's been two weeks.
0: Two weeks. It has
2: been two weeks. Um, what have I been up to? Um, I was sick one day. That was fun. Um, that is not. Oh, yeah, I was being sarcastic. It was not fun at all. I started playing a game called Magicka, which is... It's okay. I might do a review on the YouTube channel one of these days. And I've got another... Um, I think I mentioned I was going to do a friend's Skyrim mod, not Slothan's. somebody else. Oh, if you have not seen the video I put up on Slothan's mod, though, definitely check it out. I haven't but seen it, it go yet. it didn't work. When did you Stop. put it up? I don't know, like a week ago. Really?
1: Well, maybe I was just out of it. I don't know. I didn't see it. I've, I've it didn't go seen on the... a
2: playlist
1: of any... No, wait. Yeah, it did. Oh, you know what the problem well, is? I'll, I've I'll... seen this lately. Um, YouTube does not show it up in subscription. Sometimes, so I'll, I'll see like the uh, uh, agrarian skies that you guys do, and it'll show up. But for whatever reasons, there are like other YouTube channels that I'll, I'll look at, and they don't necessarily show their latest shows. Because like I'll get up in the morning and I watch a show hmm. called Good Good Mythical More, uh, or Good Mythical Morning, but only Good Mythical More shows up. So I don't know why Good Mythical Morning doesn't show up, even though it is uploaded before it. So I, it I'm is... not. I don't know.
2: That's bizarre. I I don't. I don't know. Huh. Well, if anybody else had that, it shows off Slothan's mod. But this other person's mod did not work. First, the sound didn't work, and I guess he did a bunch of work on voice recording, so I had to fix that. Then the quest marker didn't come up, and it still hasn't come up, so... I was sort of a pain, but uh, you know, I'll still probably do a review on it one of these days, because he really did put a lot of work into it, and I think it's cool that people are making Skyrim mods, even though Skyrim 6 is coming out in a year, making all their work obsolete. So I do have a question,
1: did you keep Slothan's <laughs> mods intact when you tried to use his, the new yeah, ones?
2: Yeah, but that was not... Yes, I kept Slothan's new mods intact, but that wasn't the problem because I know mods can um what wait what are you acting ex- asking exactly I was just seeing if Did there I was keep... a conflict Okay that's that's what I thought you meant No there's not a conflict the first problem was um the, the voice files were actually not uploaded and the second problem is something to do with the with the seq file and I I don't understand how mods work well enough to know anything about that file. Yeah, but it's all housed within subdirectories which slothens mods as far as I can tell don't touch, so I don't know what's going on with that. But I'll do that eventually. Um, What else did I do? Worked on my game a bit. Yeah, not not really a whole lot. I feel like there's something else I really wanted to mention, but it's completely slipping my mind at the moment. So if it comes to me, I'll talk about it later, but at the moment I don't remember. Oh, oh, I just remembered. <laughs> I got an Aeroflow Mega because my my original Aeroflow tank broke. Just, you know, where. I've had it for a long time. And they don't sell the replacement parts for it easily on websites that I'm currently using. They only sell replacement parts for the V2. So I was just like, well, I've I've heard good things of the Mega. I actually asked uh, Slothin what tank he preferred, and he said he really liked the Mega. So I was like, the Mega's a bit big for me, but, you know, maybe I'll just use the Mega at home and use my V2 at work. So I bought the Mega tank, and I'm actually very happy with it. It's a nice tank, and... (laughs) I filled it yesterday, and I still haven't had to fill it again. And normally I have to refill every day. So I mean, the battery dies way before the tank runs out. So yeah, I'm using the Aeroflow Mega Tank, which is pretty cool. Because for any e-cigarette vapors out there, Aerotank or Canger Tech Aeroflow tank line is my favorite line of tanks ever.
1: Now, yeah, um, so that's been fun. So. Have you been trying to cut your nicotine at all, or are you just keeping it the same?
2: I did try to cut my nicotine to six, because I thought about doing that, but what I found is um, it just has, it doesn't have the throat hit that I want, and I just don't enjoy vaping. So I'm like, I'm not going to cut my nicotine and get nothing out of the product, so I stopped trying to do that.
0: There is artificial throat hit stuff.
2: Yeah, but do I need to cut my nicotine? Is that my goal here? I don't know. My goal is to save money. (laughs) So (laughs) my goal is to save money. I don't care about my health. I'm going to die anyway. Well, I'm going to probably soon because I'm not a healthy person. I'm going to go ahead and talk about how bad for you nicotine is. It's the other stuff that's bad it, for it's you. Not, it's not
1: necessarily on. horrible, but here's the thing. Okay, so I have a new job, and that's another reason why we seem to be doing it every other week, because I was so tired last week from doing training, and uh, today we did stuff, but it was mostly kind of side work. So I wasn't too tired, and that's why I'm doing it today. So however, the campus itself is supposedly tobacco-free, and when they say tobacco-free, they lumped e-cigarettes in that. So I'm kind. D-
2: Derived from tobacco. It
1: is not. It is not. And I could argue the point. However, you know, they're just going to enforce whatever rules are there because that's how it is. Yeah, you're right. Like when you talk to someone who's going to come over to you and say, "Hey, you you can't do that here," they're just there to enforce it. They're not interpreting it. So it's it's not up to them to decide. So I I don't fight yeah. with them about that. However, since I've been cutting back the nicotine, I have not really gone through any kind of withdrawal or sadness or anything like that, I do look forward to coming home and vaping because I, I do miss it in that fashion. But I, I did get it down to three, and in fact, this this last batch... Oh, God, listen to this one. Okay, so I got uh, from Mount Baker Vapor the Admiral Berry Crunch, which vapes like it... Um, Oops, All Berries or whatever from Captain Crunch, which is actually pretty mm-hmm. nice. I like it. But for the sample... You know, because they give you samples in each. Guess what they gave me as a sample? What's that? Admiral Berry Crunch. (laughs) Nice. Which was a zero nicotine. So, yeah, they're small, tiny little bottles, but I just topped off the, the three milligrams of nicotine version. So it's actually slightly less than three. Okay. So maybe I can cut it down even more. Though I do kind of... I still get the buzz because, of course, I'm using the Mech mod, and you throw a lot more uh, mm. vape up in your mm. face when you're doing it that way. So that could be part of the reason. But I, I, I'm pretty confident I've been reducing it, and it's probably a good thing because workplace. So I guess that's kind of what I've been doing. I've been selling books to coworkers. Yay. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> or at least giving, getting them interested. I had a gentleman come up to me today, um, and at, he said, do you know... Uh, is it jim baker jim batcher something like that who writes the dresden files he asked me that and i'm like no no so he turns around his uh, laptop at me and says hey look and it was a picture of the author and he kind of looked like me and he's like you're my hero man and i'm like did you know i actually write science fiction <laughs> he's like you do ah, that's funny and so i kind of uh, told him where to go if he wanted to check it out so that was kind of cool nice yeah, the place is actually a pretty nice. cool place. I'm 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 pretty happy. I'll see if I want to stick around. The longer I stick there, uh, tomorrow we're going to be doing some more work, uh, but with a couple of people doing it together. So that'll be fun to see what we can do there. And I guess that's what I've been doing. Okay. So slothin, what have you been up to in
0: two weeks? Anything at all? Roughly the same stuff that I usually do. Say watching Voyager, playing Minecraft, and doing schoolwork. Oh,
1: it's been a while since we've done the show. We haven't done a show since then. Um, in case none of you know, which if you're a fan, you would already know, sadly, we lost Leonard Nimoy. Oh, yeah. And to celebrate his life, kind of, sort of, we, myself and Slothin, uh watched The Wrath of Khan. And I did get fairly misty-eyed there at the end when you see Spock being shot off in the space while Scotty plays the bagpipes.
0: I didn't I don't describe it as uh, celebrating his life. Oh. I describe it as subjecting ourselves to an on screen funeral for somebody who died that day. Which makes us even more sad than we would well, have been.
1: Yeah, I I, I I did go about and watch a lot more of the original series since then too, just, you know, to get the feel once more of watching Star Trek. And you know they didn't do a horrible job. Yeah, it's a little campy, but it's to be expected. It's from that certain era, but No, there were some pretty good shows back then, and uh, one in particular kind of stuck out, and I can't remember the name of the show, but it's the one where all the giant uh, cellular life forms are on a planet, and they're making people go crazy, and Spock gets infected, and he's just full of pain, and he just kind of shakes it off, because he's like, it's just pain, I can, uh, I'm just going to logic it away, Mm. you know, because it's not actually doing me any harm, it's just a sensation. It was very cool, I liked it.
2: Uh I have also been catching up on the original series, I forgot to mention that, and the timing was, I had started watching it before Leonard Nimoy passed away, but it just so happened that the day he died, there was a very Spock-centric episode, and I was like, oh, this is good timing, so I did watch that. But isn't it kind of crazy? I, I,
1: isn't it kind of crazy? I like the, it, last, I think. Last time we—last we, we did a show, we spent like a half an hour talking about Star Trek.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we did. And that you know. was that
1: was the Tuesday before he passed. So, I don't know. Not a coincidence, necessarily. It's just, you know, we're big Star Trek fans, at least I think I am. Well, it is
2: a coincidence. Yeah. Because otherwise it would be more than a coincidence, and I don't know if I'd say that.
1: Okay, I worded that poorly. I'm sorry. Anyway, no, Sloth, then, no, I'm no, sorry mean, but, I interrupted you. Oh, oh yeah, did you sorry. have more to say, Rifaxon? I'm sorry. I was
2: just going to say, I, I watched the episode real recently when Spock had to be the captain of the shuttlecraft because they crashed on a planet, and he really just played that role so well. And I guess, thinking back that he died, you know, you kind of think about what he did in his life. But he just did such a good job in the role as Spock, and that role really made the show, especially mm-hmm. for me. I mean, it was also about the interaction between him and Kirk. And I just think he did a great job. And I was pleasantly surprised to see that um, Kirk, who plays Kirk, why am I forgetting William this? Shatner. Thank you. God. William Shatner did like a two-hour Twitter conversation set things about his time with Leonard Nimoy and I'd I'd look them up if I were you but one was great someone was like what was the best what was the best memory was the best time you had with Leonard Nimoy or something and he was like every moment was the best and I was like oh they they seem to be like really legitimately good friends and it was cool to read through those
1: yeah I think the best moment for them would probably be when, when Shatner stole Nimoy's bike continuously like every day <laughs> after after uh so leonard nimoy would be first in line at the cafeteria <laughs> nice.
2: well it sounded like leonard nimoy was not like spock because that was one of the questions like was leonard nimoy like spock and it was like he was like he was a very rational thoughtful individual but unlike spock he was very loving but it seemed like he was a very rational man himself which is cool to know that um um his person kind of fit the character well, and of
1: course, the best moment Leonard Nimoy ever brought to us was the ballad of Bilbo the Baggins. The Hobbit song? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: I love that. That was awesome. Uh. Anyway, back to Sloth and No Sorry. need to. Do sad. Sad stuff. Yeah. We stole your thunder there.
0: Now I'm sad because I'm thinking of the lyrics to that. it's making me sad is it really yeah
1: well the uh, the, there he's done a lot of stuff i I particularly enjoy the uh music video he was in and also the uh, set of commercials he did with the uh the guy who plays the new spock so that was kind of fun too anyway nothing else i assume slothin
0: well i was going to talk about how recently the resonant rise which is the Thing that was basically the skeleton of the Yogg's Cast Complete Pack updated, and so now they're sort of fitting themselves into that, and because when I watch people play Minecraft, I end up playing roughly the same thing, mm-hmm. I made my own Resonant Rise pack, which is like none of theirs, and I've I've added some things to it because for some reason, Resonant Rise took out Ars Magica 2 and made it.
1: Speaking of Yogg's Cast and and Minecraft. Lucky Block Challenge? That's my favorite series they yeah, got going now. Yeah. I really enjoy that one. I liked it. That one is pretty good. They've had a couple of new ones lately, because Shen did one with uh, Zephos, or uh, uh, Lewis. Okay, so there's only one Lewis. with
0: Shen so far?
1: One with Shen, and then there's a, one with uh, the other guy. I can't remember his name.
2: Duncan and Simon. thats They've got one new one that's Lewis, Duncan, and Simon.
1: Do they? Okay. Oh. Also,
2: did I also watched yeah. the drop one, which, okay. which was which okay. Pretty... Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, they, they go up in the challenges to splash uh, into the, the, the water. Plop. The plop, I'm sorry.
0: I've listened to all of those within the last few days. Simply because I've been... <coughs> I listen to people play Minecraft while I play mine. I have to be the listened. Minecraft? Because well, it doesn't occupy enough of my brain. The, you
1: need dual monitors. That's the only way to oh, do no, it. No, <laughs> yes. no, yes.
0: I'd have to have a different computer. I've been playing them on my phone beside my head. Oh,
1: okay. All right, well, I assume that's enough of uh, reminiscing about Star Trek, because that is a wonderful show. Yeah. It's far superior to Star Wars in every way. <laughs> Flaymore! <laughs> and, uh,
0: no, they're, the premises for each of them are very different. They Star are. Trek is about exploration and being new when- Things and people's reaction to that, whereas Star Wars is more about internal politics and conflict. Well,
1: one is, one is science fiction, one is science fantasy. Yeah, yeah it's a really good way to describe it. But and both, always, both, are, it, both are valid, and you can enjoy either yeah, one, yeah. but I happen to be a science fiction fan.
2: There is always a, a competition, it seems, between the two, like a constant which is better question and i don't know why that is because they are actually very, very different things i mean they're not exploring the galaxy in star wars yeah it's just a big fight it's something it is something completely different because
1: everything's already explored which is which yeah. is why i like star trek so much more because it's about exploration uh, star should wars and beyond now the new star yeah. wars oh that'd be hilarious
0: and they need carrie fisher in <laughs> the next new star trek oh god
1: <laughs> oh did you hear about harrison ford
0: Oh his plane crashed. Yeah. Was it a helicopter? Uh, I,
1: it was some flight thing. It was so a plane.
0: Seeing pictures of the uh, Millennium Falcon crashed into a golf
1: course. Yeah, well. He seems like he's okay, so I hope everything's okay with him. Let's let's continue on from sadness though, sloth. And why don't you read the first news story of the week?
0: World's first grid-connected wave power station switched on in Australia. It also supplies 0, zero emission desalinated water. Ooh. Damn it! Somebody's stealing my floating desalination center ideas. Although mine was solar, not
1: wave. Both. You could, and then you would have more power, right? Just
0: do a wave station that has solar panels on The world's first grid-connected wave power station has been activated off the coast of Western Australia. Wah. After more than a decade of testing and demonstrations, Australian company Carnegie Wave Energy has switched on a pilot project that has begun feeding waves-generated energy into, local- into a local WA grid. The first array of wave power generators to be connected to an electricity grid in Australia and worldwide, said Ivor Frischnick, CEO of the Australian Renewable Energy Agency. Statement: The agency has provided 13 million of the 32 million dollar project. The company's technology, named Sito after the Greek goddess of the sea, converts ocean swell into zero-emission renewable power and zero-emission desal water, which is arguably probably the more important thing of the game. That I, I don't. know. It would depend on how much energy it's. Expect. What Maybe reducing supply of that on the planet. The company says its system is different from other wave energy devices as it operates underwater where it is safer from large storms and corrosion and invisible from the shore. That's why you couldn't do so. You are cutting out, actually. You're whispering. You need to
1: hold the mic closer to your mouth. Sorry, okay. I'm getting feedback from
0: <laughs> Rovex and... The round submerged buoys are tethered to seabed pump units, which are installed at a depth between 25 and 50 meters. Waves crashing into the buoys drive the pumps, which push pressurized seawater through a pipeline beneath the ocean floor to an offshore hydroelectric power station. Here, the high-pressure water drives a turbine and generates electricity. Sorry, we're
1: doing multiple things right now. I'm trying to make him a little bit louder so he, you know, doesn't cut out.
0: The high pressure water can also be used to supply a reverse osmotic desalination plant, placing or reducing reliance on greenhouse gas emitting electrically driven pumps, usually required for such plants, the company states on its website. As Sophie Vorath reports for Renew Economy, the project will sell power to the Australian Department of Defense to supply Australia's largest naval base, HMAS Stirling, which is located on Garden Island. It will soon also sell fresh water to the base, once Carnegie's newly commissioned desalination plant is fully integrated into the project. So far, only two of the project's three buoys have been installed. You can watch the sped-up installation of the second buoy, though be forewarned the accompanying music, might make you dizzy. During the testing phase, the first 240 kilowatts peak capacity Sato 5 wave unit operated successfully for more than 2,000 hours. Frischnecht said in a statement, the company's larger Sato 6 units, which are already being developed, are expected to have four times the power generating capacity. That's probably good enough, right? It's barely any Carnegie Chief Executive Michael Ottaviano told The West Australian, The project could pave the way for much bigger versions capable of powering towns. The challenge from here on is really about the scale and cost. We need to make the technology bigger, we need to make our projects bigger, because that's what allows you to get the costs down. Our wave resources in Western Australia are the best in the world, and theoretically the resources that hit our coastline every day could power the state ten times over. Ah, uh, he told news. No. Okay, well, summarize that for me. Wave power station. <laughs>
1: Woo. Desalination, wonderful thing. Like you said, it's it's like a resource that we're having trouble maintaining, which is strange because it's water. Uh,
0: yeah. it makes sense. It's the fresh water. That I
1: we're know. Totally maintaining.
0: But might be of salty water.
1: Yeah, there is. So, you know, if we can desalinate cheaply, that's that's, uh, actually a very good thing. Especially if you think about it. Uh, If we could start colonizing the oceans instead of just living on land, hey, that's something we can do. And that'd be great. We could still fish, or we could even have our own plots of land and uh, put fresh water on it then. So that'd be kind of neat. I think this is a step forward. a A wave of the future, if you would. <laughs> no response, Rofaxen.
2: <laughs> I just got it. <laughs> uh, um, no, I just got your way to the future, Joe. No, that's cool. Uh, I guess any sort of renewable energy stuff is good. Well, speaking of energy, Rofaxen, what's our news next story? <clears throat> well, this is a must have item for everybody. Uh, let's see. The. Oh, <sighs> Oh, I'm sorry, my internet messed up. The wank band is the first gadget that harnesses the energy of masturbation. And you're the one that Who selected need this that? story. <laughs> yeah, because it was awesome. The in- The energy crisis could be over after Pornhub tapped into one of the world's greatest unused reservoirs of energy. Yep, the furious wrists of internet masturbators, many of whom are, of course, glued to Pornhub. Ever, ke- uh, uh, ever keen to stay classy, Pornhub... to create dirty energy by wearing the wank band while uh, self-pleasuring and has urged users to come up with their own ideas using the hashtag hashtag wank band. I'm not looking at that. The wrist-mounted gadget contains a kinetic charger that can be used to power up gadgets such as iPhones. Um, if they hadn't called it the wank band, I feel like people may have actually bought it. Well, I mean, uh, Pornhub here, says... The, the, the thing about it, <laughs> Is it's it's it's, it's it, you can generate the power
1: just by walking around anyway, right? But yes. yes, so yes, it's a it's a good thing to have. But yeah, you're right. The Wank Band might not be the best yeah. name
2: for this. I product. I mean, if this was a product that's like, oh, harness the power from walking around, <clears throat> I may actually consider buying it. And you know, you charge your phone from it, and that's cool. You do a little green stuff. Maybe market it towards like eco-friendly people. But they called it the Wank Band. I mean, it will never sell anything now because of that name.
1: Yeah, I mean, put but it on it's your. But still a put, neat idea. Put them on your uh, ankles. Walk around. You know. Uh, yeah. yeah. If you're if you're a constant tapper of feet.
0: You could, yeah. you, if you if you decided to use it like that, they could just make a larger model and call it the Ank Band.
1: <laughs> what? Oh god.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that they could. Um.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's a neat idea, catching energy, but seriously, they could have done the exact same thing and given it any other name at all, and I think it would have done just fine. But, oh man, that is just not a good name. All right, should we move on from this amazing story? Yes, I don't need to finish it, yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah, there's not a lot more on that article anyway, just uh, if you're interested,
2: no. take a look. There's there's a YouTube video. <laughs> oh, I do not want to see that video.
1: All right. So, you know, if you're busy wanking, sometimes it, it like, wakes you up and you just want to stay awake all night. So how long can we stay awake? This article asks. In... It's surprising how we spend our lives. Reach your 78th birthday, and according to some back-of-the-envelope calculations, you will have spent nine of those years watching television, four of those years driving a car, 92 days on the toilet, and 42, 48 days of having sex. Wank ban, Wank ban, Come on. Oh, wait, that's not huh? sex. That's wanking no. off. Oh, no, that's close enough. But when it comes to time-consuming no, activities, there's one that sits ahead and shoulders above them all. Live to 78, and you may have spent around 25 years asleep. In an effort to claw back some of that time, it's reasonable to ask, how long can we stay awake, and what are the consequences of, of going without sleep? But before we go on, I want to say, I think we are living lives in our sleep. We, I'm not saying they're real or anything in the actual sense, but uh, it's, it's something that changes you and makes you different. You may not remember them, but it, uh, it's certainly important to the development of who you are. Anyway, continuing on. Any- I think you're right, and the article will explain I hope so. Any healthy individual planning to find out through personal experimentation will find it tough going. The drive to sleep is so strong, it will supersede the drive to eat. Says Erin Handlin, an assistant professor at the University of Chicago Sleep, Metabolism, and Health Center. Your brain will just go to sleep despite all your conscious efforts to keep it at bay. Why sleep at all? Exactly why the urge to sleep is so strong remains a mystery. The exact function of sleep is still to... Uh, be elucidated, said Hamlin. She adds, however, that there is something about sleep that seems to reset systems in our bodies. What's more, studies have shown that routine, adequate sleep promotes healing, immune function, proper metabolism, and much, much more. Which is maybe why it feels good to arise refreshed after a serious snooze. On the flip side, insufficient slumber has been linked to greater risks of diabetes, heart issues, obesity, depression, and other maladies. To avoid those latter outcomes, we are racked with uncomfortable sensations, when we burn the mid oil, we lack energy, feel groggy, and find that our heavy eyelids press on aching eyes. As we continue to fight off sleep, our ability to concentrate and form short-term memory slacken. If we ignore all these side effects and stay up for days on end, our minds become unhinged. We get moody, paranoid, and see things that aren't really there. People start to hallucinate and go a bit crazy, says Atol Mahorta. The director of sleep medicine at the University of California, San Diego. Long-haul truckers have an advocative term term for this hallucinatory phenomenon. Seeing the black dog. When a shadowy apparition appears on the roadway, so the advice goes. It's time to pull the lorry over. Many studies have documented the body's parallel decline during sleep deprivation. Stress hormones, such as adrenaline and cortisol, increase in the blood, in turn elevating blood pressure. Meanwhile, heart rhythms get out of whack and the immune system falters, says Malhorta. Sleep-deprived people accordingly feel anxious and are likelier to come down with an illness. Still, all the havoc wrecked by by a bout of insomnia or a few all-nighters does not seem permanent, disappearing after... A solid shut-eye. If there's any damage, it's reversible, says Jerome Siegel, a professor at the Center for Sleep Research at the University of California, Los Angeles. Now, that is if you can actually get back to sleep. If the problem is that you're having trouble to sleep, uh, it's not going to go away until you are able to remedy the problem uh, with sleep, right?
2: Uh, that's it, true. Unless I know, you're experimenting on yourself.
1: Well, if you're experimenting, that's experimentation. Then again, you might wreck your sleep-ability... If you go for too long, I've known many a people, many people, many a person who has gone without sleep, you know, for school or for work or something like that. And then they start having trouble sleeping when they never had it before. So Mm. be cautious if you're going to experiment with your sleep cycle. Right, (laughs) Slothin? All right. So when the curtain never falls, but what if sleep never can come? A rare genetic disease called fatal familial insomnia provides one of the starkest pictures of the consequences of extreme sleeplessness. Only about 40 families worldwide have FFI in their gene pools, a single defective gene causing proteins in the nervous system to misfold into prions that lose their normal functionality. Prions are a funny shaped protein that screws that screw these people up, says Mahorta. The prions clumped neural tissue, killing it and forming Swiss cheese-like holes in the brain, which is exactly what happens in the best-known human prion disorder... How can this be best-known? Because I've never heard of it, and I don't think I can pronounce it, but I'm going to try. Uh, kurtzfeld jacob disease. I don't know if anyone else has heard of that. I definitely have I not. I have heard of it. Have you? I've heard of it. Oh, well, that's weird. I'm the one, I think, that has the most trouble sleeping out of us. Weird. Anyway...
0: Probably not a prion disorder this fucking.
1: Though. Maybe. One area that is particularly badly affected in people with FFI is the thalamus, a deep brain region that controls sleep, hence the debilitating, debilitating insomnia. An afflicted individual suddenly goes days on end without rest and develops weird symptoms such as pinpoint pupils and drenching sweats. After a few weeks, the FFI victim slips into a short... U- Uh, A sort of pre-sleep twilight. He or she appears to be sleepwalking and exhibits those jerky involuntary muscle movements we sometimes have when falling asleep. Weight loss and dementia follow and eventually death. Um, I kind of had some of those things, but uh, I think I'm better
2: now. Hopefully not the death one.
1: Um, If I had died, I don't know it. But would we know?
2: Uh, There you go.
1: Yes. Anyway. Still, sleeplessness per se is not thought to be lethal be the lethal agent because the FFI leads to widespread brain damage. I don't think it's sleep loss that kills the individual, says Siegel. Similarly, the oft-used torture tactic of depriving human prisoners of sleep is not known to have similarly caused anyone to die, although they will still suffer horribly. Along these lines, animal sleep deprivation experiments provide more evidence that lack of sleep in its own right might not be deadly, but what prompts it may well be. So... I could continue on. There is not that much more to go on, but, you know, why don't you go ahead and go out there and read it yourself. Basically, it's saying it, you could die without sleep, but your body will probably shut off and you will go to sleep no matter where you are. Now, if
2: you're driving, yeah. you'll probably die. Yeah. Uh, definitely, we need sleep. We can't go without it. But I was thinking when you are reading this story, is the take-home point... After some time, your body will stop working right, so you turn it off and you turn it on again.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, much like any machine and a computer, if you reset it by turning it off and turning it back on, things tend to work better afterwards.
2: Yeah, I just think it's sleep is one of the really neat things because it's got some really negative consequences if you don't do it. But why? Why do we need to sleep? And why eight hours a day? Couldn't it reset a little quicker than that? So I don't well, know. I, there's a lot of mysteries to sleep. We just well, don't understand yet.
1: Let me, let me ask you a couple of questions. How long are you awake during
2: the day? Um, whatever 24 minus 8 is, what, 16, 16 hours? Okay. Approximately.
1: So you think about it. How much information might you gather during a day of, you know, being busy, active, uh, learning new things, doing new things, seeing new things, talking uh, to new people? Dude.
2: It would be a lot. It would be a lot of information. It
1: could be a very lot. So, eight hours to compress that, uh, work on it, think about it, help it change you, make Encode it mold it. you and shape yeah. you. You know, uh, you know, reform it, put it in places that make sense so you can recall it later. I, I say sleep is a eight hours. That's, that's not that much if you think about it. I mean, it's a third of your life,
2: but hey, yeah. it's, it's
1: not that bad.
2: And it seems like we really need it. And I suppose the idea is you think of the brain as in real time storing this information like a computer would. But yeah, it may be more like a batch process where you gather the information all day and then you have a poll. And then at that point in time, it's actually calculated and processed. Calculated, so, I processed, and reduced. Is. You know, we got to compress and it. And reduced, as well. yeah. Because well, you're not that's remembering true. I mean, everything. Right. And if you have a database, you have to do the compact and repair once in a while, or you'll just run out of room. So maybe it is the same in our brains. It's interesting, though. I, I like sleep. Just be, I think because we know so little about it.
1: All right. So here's an interesting story that Slothan will read to us after he gets done yawning. Slothan, read this.
0: <laughs> First human head transplant two years away, says one surgeon. Most people can't wrap their head around the concept. One scientist believes uh-huh. head transplants in humans are possible, and that the first could occur as early as 2017. Italian scientist Sergio Canavero of the Turin Advanced Neuromodulation Group says his Gemini Spinal Fusion Protocol could be used to extend the lives of patients suffering from progressive muscle and nerve disease and terminal cancer but most of his colleagues in the medical world are skeptical about the potential for this freaky surgery. Canavero first proposed the concept in 2013, and uh, he has continued to research and develop the technique. He just published a follow-up paper in the journal Surgical Neurology International, which provides details on how he could potentially accomplish this surgery, keeping the patient's nerves intact. In June, Canavero will discuss the surgery at the annual conference on the American Academy of Neurological and Orthopedic Surgeons in Annapolis, Maryland. A city, Maryland. If he were ever to actually conduct the procedure, Canavero's first challenge would be to identify the right patients. One would need to be the recipient, a person who is mentally well but who has a body that is failing. The suitable donor would need to come from a brain-dead patient. For his first try... Canavero plans to use two brain dead patients. <laughs> Both the recipients' head and the know donor's what that's body. Prove.
1: It's huh? going to prove that the new body will main, uh, sustain the uh, new head. Oh, I oh! I
0: say, I say,
2: yeah, yeah. I, I guess. <laughs>
0: to allow uh both the recipient's head and the donor's body would need to be cooled sufficiently to allow more time for the cells to survive without an oxygen supply the recipient's head would then be connected to the donor's body the two ends of the spinal cords are then fused together by flushing the area with polyethylene glycol studies have shown that this chemical can help promote regrowth of cells that make up the spinal cord we should be vaping that instead Uh. (laughs) (laughs) yeah The muscle and blood supply would then be joined, and the patient kept in a coma for three to four weeks to prevent movements. Implanted electrodes would be used to stimulate stimulate the spinal cord in order to encourage the body to strengthen nerve connections. He says fusion could also be achieved by injecting stem cells or olfactory and sheathing cells, which make up the linkage of the nose and brain. Canavero seems to have thought about all the details. He says the type of surgical knife could make the difference between a head transplant that's success or a failure because there's a risk of damaging the spinal cords attached to both the body and the head. Especially fashioned diamond micro atomic snare blade is one option. A nano knife made of a thin layer of silicon nitride with a nanometer sharp cutting edge is another alternative.
1: I was thinking, why not? Uh, what's the black glass? What's that called? Obsidian? Yeah, obsidian is super sharp. It's sharper than any of the knives that we've created. So, unless this one and happens you kind to be of break sharper. It with
2: a pickaxe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can.
0: Has to be a diamond. Oh. Uh, Notably, yeah,
2: the- yeah, how many of have... Go on.
0: Notably, the mechanical strength of silicon is superior to that of steel. Canavero also notes that the patient would need to take medications for life after the surgery to prevent their immune system from rejecting the donated parts. Very true. Why not just a robot body? What if you <sighs> took Talk... Now that you couldn't do this with a person who has um Okay, never mind. You couldn't. Stephen
1: do it. Hawking? No, he couldn't because his face is already immobilized as well. So no, no I was thinking you mm. could
0: take the uh, um, the bones of the transplant body and replace the car- the uh, um, marrow with the from the original body. <laughs> but then no, then then it would just be it the, would reject the, the rest of the system. organs. Yeah, instead of rejecting yeah. the head, it would reject. Never yeah, I mind.
1: Mean. Again, why not just make a robot?
0: Or, like, clone a body. Or rebuild
1: the body, you know, with stem cells and such. Take parts that are good and put them in a new form. Synthetic skin, all that jazz, and, you know, maybe some actual bone marrow. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Just thinking ahead. I don't think we need to read any more, but this is fascinating. Um, This would mean
2: the super rich will live longer, right? Yeah. Well, it's already the case because they can afford better medical care. But... <clears throat> I, this is not going to happen. I mean, okay, it's interesting that there's a theoretical possibility, but there is no way in any of our lifetimes that you're going to have head transplants. I disagree. I, I think it's
1: very, very likely. Uh, Alright, thi- well, we'll find out, but I don't. I, th- I think it's likely. I don't know if we'll actually do it, is the thing. Um, there, there's a we'll lot of moral and ethical questions to be evolved yeah, around this sort of thing. Man.
0: That's why I want to continue. And they the did. Article.
2: Oh, Slothman wants oh, to read more. okay, okay. Patricia... Well, I was going
0: to mention something from later. So go ahead. Patricia Skripko, Scrip... a neurologist and bioethicist at the Salinas Valley Memorial Healthcare System in California, told the New Scientists the New Scientists that many in the medical community fear this surgery could eventually be used for the wrong reasons, if it ever happens at all. If a head transplant were ever to take place, it would be very rare. It's not going to happen because someone says, I'm older, I'm arthritic, maybe I should get a body that looks, that works better and looks better, she told the website, and less to clone body, and then I don't But believe okay. it or not, the concept has been attempted on animals in the past, and the results were successful, albeit for very short, short-lived.
1: Again, doesn't need to be continued. We all know about the Russian dogs. The two-headed dog and then... uh,
2: do do we does every listener out here know about the two-headed Russian dog? Well, if they don't, I they can we... read this article. I just think we could give them a little bit of background. I think that's very interesting.
1: Fine. In what the 1950s, in the 1950s, a scientist in the Soviet yeah. Union, Vladimir Petrov Dimakov, was the first to try out a version of head transplant head transplant surgery on dogs when he created a two-headed canine. Demikov fused the heads and hind legs of a puppy to a larger canine. Both dogs died in a few days later from immune system rejection. So it is possible, except for there is that immune yeah. system re- rejection.
2: Something I wanted to say to that point, because I feel like a lot of people are going to be like, oh, look, we've kind of already done it. It just didn't last long. They sewed a dog head onto another dog body and had it keep the dog head alive The puppy head was not controlling the host body it was not we're talking about fusing an entire the entire spinal cord to the entire head like the whole spinal cord all the nerves in there from two different people fusing them together and that's why i think this is years away from now well and honestly lord to your point why don't we just fix the broken parts with stem cells? Would that not be easier than going in new body be. and cutting its head off?
1: Now, now I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to tear apart your reasoning there just for a second. So all we need to do in the first place is to hook up the arteries to sustain mm-hmm. the brain, okay? The next step, because this is how they stepped. They first hook the body's blood supply to the brain. Okay? So we got that going. Yes. So now we have yes. time. We have time that we can work on it. So after that. We take the time to fuse the, uh, is it neurons? Uh, what is it?
2: No, it's not Ner- um. the nerves. Nerves. We, we, we nerves, hook the yeah.
1: nerves together and, and hope that it's going to be fused. That being said, everyone should read the book uh, To Sail Beyond the Sunset. No. That's not uh, because, it. it's a good book. You should read it, too. But no, uh, you should read uh, I Shall Fear No Evil. It's about a man who gets his head transplanted into a woman's body.
0: Hmm.
2: be would be interesting. And All right, it but is interesting. You know what? And we, psychoses develop. We have people today who are paralyzed because they have broken their spinal cords in accidents. If we could fuse those se- those Nerves together, if that was a thing that was possible, we would do it for the people who are paralyzed right now. This is so far in the future. You know, if we could cure paralyzed people of paralysis, I would say we're pretty close to this, but we can't. So I think we are years and years away from this. I highly doubt in our lifetime. Until we figure out how to fuse nerves together, which we can't do, anyway, not yet this is just two years no no way in hell this is getting done in two years the thing is probably not our lifetimes but not two years the, the thing is you know i will never bet against
1: technology it may happen any point. i will here you will okay that's fine you you can if you two want. years this will not be done in two years i, would I be don't willing know to put money on that i don't know I think they could probably put a head on another body. Whether or not it will function yeah. in controlling that body, I don't know. But they've already shown that there are... we There are spinal treatments already that are connecting uh, paralyzed patients back uh, to their lower limbs so they can control them in a limited basis and then eventually more so. So, I don't know. Because they're allowing the body to fuse together at that point. Uh, this is
2: a foreign body so i don't know how likely that would be yeah there's there's so much against this i mean if the guy wants to spend his time and money on this i'm fine i'm not telling him he's shown it and i think it's an interesting concept very much so i don't see that this is probably going to work and i mean personally i'd put my time towards healing people who are paralyzed and once you can do that once you can take a person who's broken their spinal cord and be like okay all the nerves are fused then it's time to tackle head transplants it's just it's too early for this Uh, plus it's weird just make a yeah make a robot body but actually that's probably harder than this honestly it probably make a clone body (laughs) i don't know yeah. uh, all right um, it's a weird story though move on to the next news story which i believe is yours Rofaxen. how app how apple lost 533 million dollars to an eighth grade dropout patent troll one of its mistakes was to make a fuss about patrick rock's education in front of a texas jury Apple rarely comments on legal matters and when it does it chooses its words carefully. So I read with interest the statement it issued after it was ordered to pay $532 wait, 532.9 million to Smartflash LLC for willfully infringing of 3 US patents. It's a classic of the genre. Smart SmartFlash makes no products, has no employees, creates no jobs, has no US presence and is exploiting our patent system to seek royalties for technology Apple invented. We refuse to pay off this company for the ideas our employees spent years innovating and unfortunately we have been left with no choice but to take this fight up through the court system. We rely on the patent system to protect real innovation and this case is one more example of why we feel so strongly strongly, Congress should enact meaningful patent reforms. You don't have to love the US patent system or non-practicing entities aka patent trolls to wonder, how the hell did Apple lose this case? It's a question that took on new urgency when SmartFlash turned around two days later and sued Apple again, this time for infringement of four new patents. Drawing on the same set of seven patents, the company has also sued Samsung, Google, and Amazon. I wasn't able to reach Apple's attorney, but I did have a chat with Brad Caldwell of the Dallas-based patent infringement specialist who represents SmartFlash. He tells a curious story. I think the reason we won, he says, is because we focused on the questions that were going to be presented to the jury. Were the patents valued? Did Apple infringe? Was the infringement willful? Apple according to Caldwell focused on everything but the issue at hand. Three digital right management patents granted Patrick Raska et al. between 2008 and 2012. Uh, There's a diagram. You can look at that. (laughs) Apple, he says, paraded witness after witness through the courtroom who couldn't be bothered to read the patents. I haven't seen the full transcript of the six-strait trial, but I've read enough to get a feel for what Caldwell is talking about. When Apple's lawyers got Rock's on the stand, they brought up his education, he left school at 8th grade, his horticultural training, the fact that he was from a farming family, because that's relevant, on right. the Isle of Jersey. They asked him, according to Calware, did you invent the internet? Did you invent touchscreen technology? Wow. Someone got arrogant and showy and thought they were going to win. Rock's, of course, had not. By contrast, Augustine Ferrugia, Apple's director of security and its key witness, had previously designed the national banking system for Singapore. On the stand, he said he too hadn't gotten around to reading Rock's patent. They thumped their noses at other people, said Caldwell. They acted like we're Apple and we have no no need to respect other people's intellectual property. The jury, I'm told, was paying close attention. They took notes, they deliberated for eight hours, they found for the plaintiff. I don't know whether Apple copied Rock's intellectual property or even knew of its existence. I don't know that it's worth half a billion dollars. I don't know where Rock's got the technical chops to file these patents, and I'm certain, and I'm certainly not qualified to whether to say the U.S. Patent Office should have granted them. But I think I know how Apple lost the case. Update for the fiercest and most... Oh, that doesn't matter. Okay, I guess that's the end. Um, you know, I I don't know this case either. I'm not familiar with it, but it sounded like Apple was just like, "We're Apple."
1: Yeah. Well, it's also and that was by, the extent of their case. It's written by obviously someone who sides for Racks.
2: So well, that's true. That's true. But you know, the patent system is broken. Not even the question should we have patents or not, because that's one that. We've debated on other shows ad nauseum. If there should be patents taking that into granted, the system doesn't work. It's just like anyone can file any patent and get granted for it. And this guy sounds like a classic patent troll, but Apple needs to take patent trolls serious just like everybody else does. Because now precedent's been that and it's going to be harder for anybody to win a case against them yeah so
1: since apple went out and sued other people over these similar patents here that means that he could as well so now we have precedence and he'll win yeah
0: just on the concept of patents and let's just assume that it's fine that they exist working model required to file patents That is a requirement that I would have. You have to have made the thing you are patenting. (laughs) You can't just come up with a fucking idea. You have to make the damn thing.
1: So my idea that I'm patenting about socks that re-sew themselves,
2: I have to show that it works? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, well... Well, that's the thing, and people do that. They just patent everything they can possibly think of and wait for someone to invent it. It's stupid. I won't go on all right it's
1: about time for us to do hyperspeed and i know i'm kind of copping out because you know it's my turn to read something but i'm going to because we're coming up near the end of the show maybe i grabbed too many stories but here we go uh robo bear robot care bear designed to serve japan's aging population and it is a creepy motherfucker look at that thing it's creepy what do you think sloth i can't
0: I think it, it's creepy, but the, per, the patient that it's moving around, I mean, maybe this is like that stereotypical Asians don't age thing, but she does not look elderly to me.
2: Okay, can you please send me the link? I need to see this. <laughs> I would, but I can't. Sorry. Oh. What?
1: Go ahead and read the next story. I'll, I'll, I'll do it.
2: Uh, Slothin' or me? Uh, You. Baby tortoise born on Galapagos Island for the first time in 100 years. That's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if I need to say anything else about that. A turtle was born for the for
1: first, the first time, time in 100
0: years. Yeah, that's crazy. That's pretty neat. All right, Slothin? In the picture, the tortoise looks like a sandwich. It did. Lab in Berkeley <laughs> accidentally discovers solution to fix color blindness. Now, that should have
1: probably been further up in the notes, but I was slacking. Accident. I was slacking.
2: Oh, that I'm thing sorry. It is creepy.
1: Yeah, you saw the bear.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: and, and she doesn't basically, look elderly. It it helps pick people up and move them about. It, it's kind of a helper for a helper. Really. So
0: uh, eventually, the once people have dis- determined that those things are too creepy to be in hospitals, they'll be uh, repurposed as professional wrestler assistants. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Alright, and the last new story, which again should have been further up, but you know, you can read it, and it's interesting. I'm not sure what we would say, because I think we agree in evolution, so here we are. Oldest human fossil found redrawing family tree. Discovery pushes back the origin of our genus Homo by half a million years. And it's basically
2: a jawbone that we found. Uh... Supposedly human. Yeah, my only comment was going to be, it's impossible to push it back half a million years. The world isn't even half a million years old, is it not? Jeebus! Uh, <laughs> Jeebus! No, I just thought that was—I thought that was a cool story. Well, usually, <laughs> at least people <laughs> can't bigger. argue that the world is
1: younger than two thousand years. They can't. Oh, they'll find a way. Well, you're probably right. You know, I can't prove that I didn't just become conscious this morning, yeah. or even
2: just the second All ago. of those books were planted by demons to test your, your faith.
0: What creationists thought so the world creepy. was 5,000 years
1: Yeah, probably. Because that's recorded history, kind of, sort of. For the religious uh, book of God and Bible and stuff. I
2: think it's like 6 thousand years and you can do the math in the bible and follow the generations back to adam and eve and it comes up with a number and i i think it's six thousand years but i would not swear to that
0: okay
1: all right well that's the end of the show so expert
0: on that field
1: where can we find you online Slothin? you Uh, expert
0: in decreasing likelihood twitter tumblr and google plus Although, much more likely, in fact, you can find me there, or at least evidence of my existence there on Rofaxon's YouTube channel.
1: And let us not forget the slightly different product review show. If I remember to edit the show on the weekends, you'll be able to listen to them on Tuesdays, which I actually remembered this weekend. Yeah. Speaking of which, we only have one more recorded, so we'll have to do more at some point.
0: Oh, that went fast. It did.
1: We only did three. Sorry. Oh back Rube chatter so rofaxon where can we find you online
2: um rofaxon at rofaxon on twitter i think i'm still on facebook and i post things because i have something set up to clone my twitter feed uh and the best place oh with the google play store where you can get the beer judging app and the best place is my youtube channel where i'm still doing the minecraft series with slothin and I put out a review of Slothen's mods, which are actually really cool. So if you play Skyrim at all, I'd really check that out. Or just go to Skyrim Nexus, type in Slothen42, and download his mods. Yes. And if you happen That's to it. like Rofaxen's uh,
1: videos when you see them on the channel, go ahead and like those. If you don't, go ahead and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, marks. Yes, and I, of course, can be found as Lauren Law on Twitter and my anime list, but everywhere else you can find me as Cure Studios. For example, Twitter, Tumblr, and Google+. Slothin'.
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's show. We welcome you to visit our site at curestudios.galaxy15radio.com, where you can click the Donate tab at the top of the page to give us boosts of moral support. Also, if you have any feedback or news for the show, please send an email to CureStudios at gmail.com. If you like our show, please subscribe. And just for friends, let your family and fun know about <laughs> us by giving them copies of our show. How, Uh
1: Let me clarify. Let me clarify. Let me clarify. If you like our show, please subscribe. And just for funsies, let <laughs> your friends and possibly family know about us by giving them copies of our show. How, Rofaxon? There we go.
2: Um, well, what you do is you get the creepy robot bear and just fill its giant creepy robot bear arms with tons of flyers that have the URL and just have it drive around and uh, hug people and give them flyers. I just um, Anything that involves a creepy robot bear will work.
1: Probably. And it's cutesy and the Japanese will love us. Oh, it's
0: not cutesy, it's creepy. <laughs> Today's opening song is Black Runners by Spleen, which you can find at gemendo.com. Today's closing song is Real People and Incognito, Golden Lady, Bopgun at Edit, by DJ Bopgun, which can be found on SoundCloud.com.
1: We leave you now to ponder whether we'll be back next week. Five, 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 five.